welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. All right. Well, hey, good morning and welcome to Lighthouse Community. My name is Fritz. I'm one of the pastors here and super glad you are with us. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, Welcome to our guests. And then I do want to say welcome to uh, Bluffton Community. Anybody joining us from Lighthouse Online, uh, we are really glad you are with us today. And we're, we're in this series called When God Shows Up. And it's interesting when you're looking through the scriptures, you see some different times where God shows up with great clarity, right? It's like uh, Moses is out in the wilderness taking care of his sheep, and then God shows up in this burning bush, and he speaks to him, right? And what's the first thing he tells him? Take your flip-flops off, right? Like, this is holy ground. You can't wear mandals uh, in front of me. So uh, then, then you go a little bit further, you get to, uh, you see like Elijah and, and God, God doesn't show up in, in a burning bush, right? He does come in this moment uh, between the priests of Baal and, and like fire falls from heaven. But it's later when God shows up, not in the loud sound, not in the rushing hurricane, but in the still, small voice of God, right? Then you fast forward to after Jesus was uh, living and, and crucified and resurrected, and you have this guy named Saul, who's actually trying to destroy Christianity and and just wipe out the name of Jesus. And on his way to a town called Damascus, God shows up in the form of the resurrected Jesus, and it absolutely transforms his life, right? And so you see these different moments of God showing up in these very different ways. And, and, and then even for us too, right? You like, we'll look at some of the lives of the people around us and we go, man, they, they seem to get it. They seem to have like this, this living encounter with God. What, what is so special about them, right? Like they, they seem to engage. They seem to be touched by the gospel. They seem to want to walk in fellowship with him. But, but I feel like I don't see him the way that that they see him. I don't feel like I, I experience him the way that they experience him. What's, what's wrong with me? What's so special about them? What, right? And like we wrestle, what, what is it about Moses? What is it about Elijah? What is it about Paul? What is it about my friend or this person or that person? They seem to see God with amazing clarity and, and I don't, right? And so what do you do with that? Well, what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to talk about that very thing. And I want to show you from the scriptures uh, how it is that you can see God uh, with clarity. And quite frankly, the one step that every single person can take that will open up your eyes to the reality of God uh, basically everywhere you go, right? And so as Josh mentioned, uh, if you'll open up to the Gospel of John, Chapter 1 is where we're going to be at. We've been spending uh, our time in that gospel for this Christmas series. Uh, A little bit because, you know, when you get to Christmas, you go, well, that should be all about Matthew, that should be all about Luke, that should all be about Isaiah and the prophecy and and those types of things. And as we were praying as the elders and, and we were praying about it, we're going, man, we really think that that's what's expected. And have we ever heard anybody teach a Christmas series out of the Gospel of John? It's like, I think we could do it. <laughs> so we're doing it. And it's a little bit, you know, out of the norm. And I think that's a good thing, too, because it kind of opens our eyes again to who Jesus is and what it is that we're really celebrating. 
So before we read this passage together, um, I'd like to take a moment just pray together if we can. So if you would, uh, bow your heads and let's take a moment uh, to turn our attention and our focus with uh, intentionality to the Lord. Father, we praise you that you have shown up in so many clear ways that we can look throughout the scriptures and see the ways that you have come and spoken to us, to individuals, to entire nations and groups, and ultimately to the world through Jesus Christ. And we praise you for that. We worship you, that you are a God who speaks with clarity to us. And we're praying right now, Holy Spirit, would you come and reveal truth to us? That's, we know that's one of your, your primary ministries, is, is you lead us into truth. We're wondering if you would do that through the scriptures, if you would do that through prayer and counsel to one another. And, and God, just, just confessing this, I, just, I, wanna, I want you to be glorified through this. And just even now wrestling with the desire to do well, to communicate with clarity, to be seen with respect among my peers, uh, to be seen as someone who's, who's knowledgeable and what he's talking about. And, and all of that stuff's like playing right now in my spirit and in my mind. And, and more than anything, what I want to do is, is bring joy to you. And so I pray that you would crush uh, any levels of selfishness and self-centeredness in this moment and, and you would ring through with clarity, and we would see you with fresh eyes today. Um, because it, quite frankly, it doesn't matter if people hear what I have to say. We need to hear from you. We, we want to see you. You're the only one that changes lives. And so I'm praying that no matter what our mornings looked like and how we started, like maybe we woke up after the best night of sleep ever and today's going to be a great day and, and, and maybe we got up on like all the wrong sides of the bed and the kids are crazy and I'm in a bad mood, I'm not feeling well and I'm here because I think I should be and, and, and I'm distracted and, and whatever it may be, I'm just asking, Lord, um, would, you, would you help us turn our gaze to you? to look to you for hope, to look to you for guidance, to look to you for leadership as opposed to anything else or anyone else. And so you are welcome in this place, and we ask these things through Christ. Everybody said? Amen. Okay, hey, let's, let's start right in John. Uh, we're going to start in verse 6, and then uh, we'll read a couple verses, and we're going to jump down to verse 14. So let me start in verse 6 of John chapter 1. It says this, There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Now, real quick, uh, John the Apostle, who's writing this gospel, is talking about John the baptizer, just so there's clarity there. He's not talking about himself in the third person, you know, like Fritz likes donuts in the morning when he wakes up, and Fritz likes, you know, that's not what he's doing. He's talking about another guy named John the baptizer, okay? Verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Now let's jump to verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. 
John, the baptizer, bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now I'd like to do this. Let's read verse 18 out loud together, starting with no one has ever seen God. Are you ready? Go. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. That's really critical for us today, uh, that, especially that last part we're talking about. And so a couple of observations I want to share with you from this passage uh, working through. The first one is this, is that God wants you to know him. God, he wants you to know him and to know who he is. I mean, if you look at all of, all of history and even the scriptures, right? You go, you look at creation and you see that creation reveals his power and his divine nature, right? The Psalms talk about the fact that the heavens declare the glory of God just simply by looking at creation. And then God goes so far as to create a nation, right? From, from one guy named Abram, he creates an entire nation called Israel simply so he could show his character to all of the surrounding nations and really to the world. Uh, we talked about it already that, that God shows up to uh, Moses in a burning bush. Uh, he gives his law, right? The Old Testament law, he grants to the nation of Israel. So again, people can see his holiness and what his standard is. When you read through the Old Testament prophets, you see God's hope, you see God's promise that he's declared for the whole world. And, and so then you get to hear, right? Like John, what he's talking about, he's talking about John the baptizer. He said, he, here he sends this other guy, and his job is to be a witness, to give testimony to Jesus being the true light, right? And John the baptizer, he makes clear, he's like, listen, I'm not the light, uh, but there is one who is, right? And that's Jesus, and he's the true light. And so when you think about this, this reality is like God wants you to know who he is. He's always wanted you to know who he is, and he's, he's been revealing himself. And, and that's really good news for all of us, but especially some of us who have this thought and this idea that God is hiding. You, you, you think that God is hiding, and it's your job to go look for him and to find him in all of these you know, nooks and crannies and places that no one else has ever looked before right? But you don't have to because God, made, God has made himself clearly known. In fact, uh, there's passages in the scriptures that talk about that if you seek God, you'll find him, right? James chapter 4 verse 8 says that if you draw near to God, what does he do? God draws near to you, right? And so God wants to be known. He wants to be seen. He wants to be, uh, you know, engaged with. And so all of that is good. And so the question isn't, can I know God? The begged question is this, do you want to know God? Because it's, because it's clear. It's evident that he is here. And what we have to do is we have to come as listeners, right? We have to come as learners, and we listen to the testimony of creation. We listen to the testimony of the scriptures. We listen to the testimony of Jesus, right? 
And so we come to listen because we know that God wants us to know him. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing that I hope you see from this passage, and it's this. The second truth is it is a gift that God revealed himself to us. It is a gift that God revealed himself to us. You see, because as, as a whole, right, within Adam and Eve, we, we turned away from God. We pursued ourselves. We pursue darkness. We pursue independence from the Lord. And so we're, we're all prone to self-centeredness. We're all prone to self-preservation and, and thinking and worrying about ourselves first. And that is the essence of sin. And so we're pursuing ourselves. We're pursuing what we want. And so God had, would have every single right to simply turn his back on us and let us hurl into the universe into self-destruction. He would be right to do that. But he doesn't do that. What does he do? He pursues us as we pursue something else, right? He comes seeking after us. And the fact that he would reveal himself through creation and through scripture and through Jesus, right? All of that, that is a gift. In fact, that's what verse 16 is talking about when it says uh, he brought grace upon grace. It was already an act of grace that God revealed himself through creation and through scripture and the prophets and the nation of Israel. And so now it's grace upon grace that God himself has shown up to reveal himself through Jesus Christ. Right? Absolutely amazing. And it's Christmas time, and, and this is the season that we, we give gifts to one another. And I was thinking about that. Uh, all of our kids are, are older now, so I, we don't see it as much anymore. But I don't know if you've ever seen, like, you've given a present to a toddler on, on Christmas morning, and right, you're like, they're like two or whatever, and you put a gift in front of them. They're not really sure what to do, but then you let them know they can destroy the wrap, and they're like, oh, yes. And so then they, you know, they like tear into that thing like ants on a donut, and, and they rip it to shreds, and then there's this box. And they don't know how to get into the box, and inside the box is a toy. And so what do you do? You open the box, and you get the toy out, and you give them the toy. And they, like, look at it, and like, oh, and they're amazed. And then they go, <laughs> right? They throw the toy, and they go to the box. <laughs> Apparently, you've seen this before, right? And they play with the box, and they wear the box, and they get in the box, and they're just amazed with the box. Meanwhile, the actual gift, right, it's, like, now under the couch, and, and like, the cat's playing with it, and, and whatever, and, and that's like, that's what happens. And the reality is this, we're the toddlers, right? Think about this, like God revealing himself, like he is the gift. God's the gift. And what we do is we open up the gift and we go, hey, is there anything else in there? And we go and we start spending all our time talking about things like arguing with each other about heaven, and what's it going to be like? And what about this? And what about that? And then we're like, well, no, no, I didn't even get my chance to argue about what Jesus' second coming is going to look like. And so I want, I want my turn, you know, to play with the box about that. And I want to talk about, you know, I want to fight over communion. Is, is it really flesh and blood? Is it spiritual presence? Is it memorial? Like, I want, to, I want to play with the wrapping. I want to play with the box. And we miss the gift that God is the gift. And the fact that he has revealed himself to us we should just be in awe all of the time. I, I get to know God. I get to encounter God. I get to meet God. I get to talk with God. I get to, I get to know aspects about who he is. I get to see his holiness and his glory and his, his love, his mercy, his justice, his wrath, all of those things. I get to know who God is, and that's the gift. And so really, our posture should be one of praise. Or our posture should be one of thanksgiving that God would even reveal himself to us. Right? As we pursue other things, 
God's pursuing us and making himself clear. And so you have to see that it is a gift that God revealed himself. Here's the third truth this morning, and it's this, is that Jesus is the ultimate revealer of God himself. Jesus is the ultimate revealer of God himself. You know, uh, one of our elders, Larry Sewell, was teaching last weekend, and he quoted John chapter 14, verse 9, in which Jesus said, if you've seen me, then you've seen the Father, right? If you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. And so you have to know that Jesus is the best look at God you will ever get, right? There is no better look at God. There's no better revelation at God than who Jesus is. And you have to think about this, right? Like verse 14, we read it, that the word became flesh. And what it's talking about is the fact that God stepped into our creation, into his creation, right? Really, he created it. But God steps into it, not not as the all-powerful, all-knowing spirit, who's going to speak with authority and everybody will will melt in fear at his presence. But what does he do? He actually wraps himself in flesh. He comes in very unassuming. By the way, he's, and you know, I don't know if you've had some debate about this in your own mind, but there's some are going, well, he must, like what percentage of God is he versus human? Is he like 50-50? Is this a 70-30 blend? What, like, what are we talking about here? And, and when you read the scriptures, you see that it's 100% God and 100% man. Jesus is fully God. Jesus is fully man. And so think about that, that all of God entered into our creation, our darkness, in the flesh, and Jesus not only came in the flesh, but he actually went through all of the human experience. He was born. He had to rely on other people to take care of him, right? He's growing up and dealing with that. Like, I wonder, like, did Jesus, did Jesus, as the perfect son of God, did Jesus get blemishes, you know, and pimples? Or, you know, like, is he just able to heal them immediately? Uh, you know, I don't know. But, right, he's growing up. He's got to deal with parents who are on his case sometimes, um, he's, he's going through betrayal. He's got opposition. Jesus even faced death. Right? Jesus goes through the entire human experience, and all, all, every step of the way, he's revealing God. He's revealing who God is. Because he is the true light who reveals God. And so if you want to see God, you have to look at Jesus. Anything else is less than, right? In fact, to go look for God somewhere outside of Jesus, I'm just going to say it plainly, that's stupid. Right? Like, you know, I, like it just doesn't even make sense. Like, Jesus is the greatest. Here, it makes as much sense to me as this. It's like, I want to go on a trip, and so I buy a plane ticket to Australia, and I fly whatever that is, you know, 18, the half your life, and you fly, and you land in Australia, and you go to the coast, and you get on a boat, and you ride your boat, you know, out into the middle of the ocean where the Great Barrier Reef is, and you put on your scuba gear and whatever, and you jump down in the water, and there you are, at the Great Barrier Reef to see it and look at it. And what do you do? You pull out your phone and look at photos of the Great Barrier Reef while you're underwater. That makes about as much sense as looking somewhere else to see God instead of Jesus. Right? Like he's right there. He, he is the best 
revelation. There, he is the ultimate revelation of who God is. And if you want to know who God is, you have to look at Jesus. You're not going to find him by making it into a new tax bracket. You're not going to find him through some kind of religious experience because you made a, a pilgrimage to Mecca or you, you meditated with the monks, right? Or, or you went to some monastery for a weekend of silence or whatever, right? Like that, that is not how you're going to see God. And, and it doesn't matter your life situation, whether you're, whether you're younger or you're older, you're single or you're married or you're, you're working or you're not yet or whatever it is. None of that matters. Like you're not going to see God with greater clarity except through Jesus Christ because he is the ultimate revealer of who God is, nothing else can show you God better than Jesus. So then the question is, based on all of that, then what do we do? Well, I think it's what John has invited us to do throughout his entire gospel, and it's this, step into the light of Christ. Step into the light of Christ. Because John is talking about Jesus is the light. He's the true light. He's the one who reveals God. He's the one who makes him known, right? And when you get to the end of uh, the gospel of John, he says, I've written all of these things so that you would believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And in the Son of God, there is life. And in the Son of God, there is light. And so step into the light of Christ. You might, you know, well, why? Why would I do that? Well, because there's no other way to know who God is. There's no other way to know who God is. And if you're outside of Christ, you're still in darkness, right? You're, you, and you'll grope around in the darkness looking for anything that may bring you hope or may bring you purpose or may bring you meaning, but that may be the wrong thing that you grab onto. And so until you step into the light of Christ, you're still in darkness, you're still separated from God. And Jesus is the only one who can grab your hand, lead you out of darkness, lead you out of death, and help you step into real light in real life. Now, when you do step into the light of Christ, there's two big things that happen. And the first one is this. You see God more clearly than you ever have before. When you step in the light of Christ, you see God more clearly, right? Um, I remember for me, before I came to Christ, uh, what little thought I gave, because I wasn't raised in the church, but what little thought uh, I had, an experience I'd had with the church and Christians before I came to faith, you know, I didn't understand a lot of things that Christians did, right? I didn't understand, like, why would Christians be kind to people who are unkind to them? I didn't understand that. That didn't make sense to me. And then when I would go to their worship gatherings, it's like, why are these people like swaying and dancing and some of them like are raising their hands and, and things like that? Like, That's weird. You know, I, I don't know why they do all of that. And, and how come there's like Christians forgiving people who have hurt them? Because quite frankly, if you hurt me, I'm getting you back double time, uh, you know, maybe in triple, whatever. And so this just never made sense to me. And then I met Jesus Christ and he transformed my life. And as I began to walk with him, the things that didn't make sense started to make sense because I saw God more clearly now, right? I began to understand why some people are very expressive in how they worship or, or maybe they're reading scripture and it just causes them to just think very deeply about who God, is, who God is because their eyes have been opened to the reality of who God is, right? Their eyes have been opened to forgive people. Their eyes have been opened to, to show kindness because it's God's kindness that leads to uh, repentance, right? All of those things. And so you begin to understand things you didn't before. But the other thing that happens with it is seeing God more clearly is you go from seeing God nowhere or only seeing God where you expect him to show up, right? Like church, 
weddings, funerals, uh, things like that. You're like, yeah, I expect God to be there. And what happens is you start seeing God everywhere. You start seeing him everywhere. You start seeing him at school. You see him at work. You see him while you're out in the neighborhood. God shows up when you're yelling at your kids, right? Like, you know, God, he just shows up all over the place, and you see God more clearly than you ever have before. That's one of the things that happens when you step into the light of Christ. The other thing that happens when you step into the light of Christ is you see yourself more clearly. I want you to think about that for a second. When you step into the light of Christ, you see God more clearly, but you also see yourself more clearly than you ever have before because you're now in the light where before you were out of the light, right? You're in darkness. And darkness has this amazing ability to kind of like hide the dirt and the grime that's on your clothes and in your life and, and you know, darkness. It, it, this is one of the reasons, by the ways, like bars and clubs are always dark because everybody always looks better when the lighting's low, okay? Like that's just a reality. You go, the lighting's low in here. Uh, you know, <laughs> but right, like you're in the club, you're in the bar, and, and everybody looks better when the lighting's low. And then it's like the person you walked out of the bar with is not the same person you're now eating Waffle House with. It's like, because the lighting's way better in there. And so you're going, what happened? <laughs> right? Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about right now. What were you doing last night? Um, <laughs> but because darkness hides the dirt, the grime, the sin better. And then when you step into the light, you begin to see how sinful you really are. And that can be threatening, right? It can be threatening. And so we resist stepping into the light sometimes. This is what happened to Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. We read chapter 6. God shows up in the temple. Isaiah sees God's holiness, his glory. What is his first response? It's not cool, you know? No, what is it? Woe woe unto me. And his next response is, I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. He sees his sinfulness with greater clarity than he ever has before, right? That's what happens when we step into the light of Christ. But the reality is we need to see our sin. We, We need to see how deep our sin really runs. We need to see, right, just how grimy Our lives really are because there's this amazing ratio that takes place. And I can't explain why it works. Jesus uh, tells a story. But the reality is this. There's this ratio is that the more you realize how sinful you are, the more you realize how much you need to be forgiven, the more you love God. And if you think that all you need to be saved from is like a few curse words and some bad habits you'll look at God and go, "Ah, I could go with him or without him. But when you realize how deep your sin runs, when you realize how flawed, how self-centered you truly are to the depths of your being, right? You begin to realize what God has saved you from. And the response is deep, deep love. And by the way, the things that you could hide from yourself and other people in the dark, God already saw it all. God sees all of your sinfulness. He sees all of your wretchedness. He sees all the things. He even knows the deep thoughts that bring you the most shame that you don't want anybody to know. God sees that too. And do you know what his response is? To love you. 
that he still sent his son to stand in your place for your sin and to take on all of your punishment for you, right? He still loves you even though he sees you with clarity. So then the question is, if all of that's true, then how do I step into the light? How do I go from darkness? How do I step into the light of Jesus Christ? It's very, very simple, but it's not easy. And it's this, you have to believe. You have to believe. You have to trust Jesus. And I want to pull back the curtain on that because I think sometimes when we talk about believing, there's a layer of mystery behind that. We don't really know what to do with it. It's like, I don't know what that means. Let me tell you what belief is. Very plainly, belief is a decision that you decide, I'm going to believe in God. I'm going to trust Jesus. It's a decision, and you make it with intentionality. Nobody can make it for you, and you can't just like, you know, fall and stumble into it. You have to intentionally decide, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to put my faith in Jesus, okay? And at the exact same time, the Holy Spirit actually empowers you to have faith. He gives you the gift of faith at the exact same time that you make the decision to believe. And so in the same way that Jesus is 100% God and 100% man, when we step into faith, it is fully a human act that is empowered completely by the Holy Spirit at the same time. And it is this beautiful gift. But faith, belief, it is a decision. Now, there's a first decision. We tend to call that salvation. But then there is this ongoing decisions that happen every single day, right? And we just keep deciding to choose faith in Jesus. And so when, because listen, you have to understand there are all kinds of barriers out there against faith and against belief, and against putting your hope in the gospel. There's like this whole, whether you, re, whether you like recognize it or not, there's this whole team of like dark, evil, spiritual forces that will do absolutely anything they can to keep you from putting your faith in Jesus Christ. There are even people well under that influence who will try to discourage you and oppose you putting your faith in Jesus Christ. And then on top of that, you will be your own barrier to faith, right? Because we resist light. We, we get, we're afraid of the light. We're afraid of how, how deep and dark our sin in our lives may be. And so we are our own barrier in the process as well. But you keep choosing faith, right? You just keep, you keep going after it. And so when your feelings are telling you to do something else, you choose to put your faith in the truth of Scripture, Right? When, when the culture is telling you you're wrong and you're stupid and you're dumb, you choose with intentionality to put your, keep your faith in God. Right? When somebody's opposing you, you keep choosing to put your faith in him. And so there's, there's this level where we're afraid of the light, but when we step into the light, there's healing there. There's healing. There's freedom. And, and when you feel and you sense this opposition to faith, this is a great moment to ask the Holy Spirit to empower you, to help you choose faith, right? Because it's not all on you. The Holy Spirit's empowering you in the process to do that. You know, I, I'm, I'm on a journey right now uh, just of increased self-discovery. And what, what I've been doing is just spending more time with the Lord, uh, sitting in the light with Him, if you will. And what I'm amazed by. Uh, it's actually very, uh, it's very humbling. Uh, I would actually go so far as to say humiliating uh, to realize as I'm spending time with the Lord, just how deep and rampant uh, my self-centeredness is and my desire for control is. 
right? It's like you think you got stuff under wraps, and then the Holy Spirit goes, what about this? And you're like, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. I want to show you the good stuff, Lord. And and so, like, we're journeying through that right now. And you know what that looks like for me? It's it's been reading scripture and just meditating on it, on who God is and his character. It's actually been spending increased amount of time just literally in silence, saying nothing to the Lord, asking nothing from the Lord, but just sitting in silence in his presence. And another thing that the Lord has been leading me on is actually taking time to identify and, and feel some of my feelings. That's a real barrier for me because uh, I'm, you know, let's just keep moving, let's keep going, and I just bulldoze past, like, you know, feelings are mushy and blah, 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 blah. And so the Lord's like, no, you need to realize that you are making some decisions out of fear. You're making some decisions out of anger and envy. And if you don't start identifying that, you're going to keep going down that road further and further, right? And so that's what it's been looking like for me. And so, like I said, it's very, it's very humbling and even humiliating. And at the exact same time, it's also very freeing. There is like healing going on from just simply being in the light with Christ. And, and that's what that looks like, right? You, should, you have to step in the light. You have to choose faith. And so I want to throw out a couple of ideas that you might consider uh, this week. Uh, one is this. If you've never come to the place where you have made the intentional decision of faith and to believe, today is a great day to do that. You could literally decide right now in your seat or from wherever you're joining us that you could decide to put your faith in Jesus right now and believe in him and trust him for absolutely everything going forward. You don't know everything going forward, but you're going to trust him from here on out. That's one thing. The second thing is this. Some of you, when I was just sharing uh, how I'm spending time in the light with Christ, that was very intriguing for you, and you're going, wow, I wonder what that looks like. How does that play out? I'm, I'm curious to see how that looks. What I would be willing to do, if you'd like to, is I w- would send you an email that just outlines how I'm spending my time with the Lord. Uh, not, not so that it's like, oh, that's the right way, and that's the only way that you can be before the Lord. But what happens is when we share with each other uh, what our time with the Lord looks like, it actually opens up our own minds to go, oh, I didn't realize that you could do that. You could spend the time with the Lord that way. I thought prayer was this, or I thought reading the Bible was this. And so if you just like to get a glimpse into how I'm spending my time with the Lord, you can just check that next step on the back of your card, click it online where it says, uh, please send me the how to spend time with God guide, and I'll shoot you an email with how I'm doing that and spending my time. And maybe that'll be helpful for you. Just make sure you put your email address on there because that's how I'm going to respond to you on Monday. Um, but yeah, maybe that'll give you an idea of, of what you, what, how the Lord might invite you to take next steps too. But it's, it's, it's being with God and, and, and him opening up our eyes to when, when he shows up in remarkable ways. You know, it was six years ago when, when Lighthouse Community started. And, and we started because God showed up, right? There was a group of people that, that God showed up and, and we thought, what could it look like if we, if we started a church that was really focused on the gospel, both in the church and outside of the church, what could happen? And over the last six years, right, God, God has shown up, right? There's like people have come to faith and, and people have taken steps of baptism and people are, are finding freedom from sin. And we have, we have so many people that, that have expressed to me, like, I've spent my whole life in church and I think I just came to faith a couple years ago because I heard the gospel for the first time, right? Before then, I was trying to prove God that I was worthy. 
and that he could trust me and that I was good enough and all of those things, right? And, but like people are finding healing and wholeness and they're, and they're discovering their gifts on how to, how to help others as well. And, and it's all simply because God showed up in a very, very real way. And I want you to think about this. We went from you know, just the two locations here in town to now there's a third one. Bluffton is going to close on their new building in four days, right? Like that is so exciting. Like they didn't even exist a couple of years ago, right? Like Faustoria is slowly taking some steps going forward. Lighthouse, we've got 11 acres on County Road 99 and we're moving towards whatever the next thing on that location is for us as a church family. Like this is the kind of stuff that happens when God shows up and we begin to see him in all kinds of different ways, in all kinds of different places. And listen, when God shows up, he will reveal himself to you because he wants you to know him. And when God shows up, he will reveal you to yourself because he wants you to be set free from sin. When God shows up, he will guide you through some of the darkest times of your life with the light of hope in Christ. And when God shows up, he will use your life to help other people step into the light as well. That's what he does. All of this happens when God shows up and we look to him through Christ by faith. I want to invite you to bow your heads and to close your eyes. And I want you to ask this simple question. Just this, Jesus, what are you saying to me through this message? And I want to give you an opportunity to listen to him. We praise the God who's revealed himself, though he didn't have to. We praise the God who wrapped himself in flesh and walked among us, but he didn't have to. We praise the God who ascended to the cross, descending to death so that he could resurrect to life again for us. And we praise the God who invites us still today to know him by faith. And I want to pray, Lord, for, for myself and any of my friends here this morning that are like, I, I want to know God. I want to see God with greater clarity than I ever have before. And the reality is, is you may be inviting us to make some decisions and to take some next steps that we've been afraid to do. And I'm wondering... Would we choose, would we intentionally choose faith? That by myself, that seems insurmountable. I could, I could never break free from that sin on my own. I could never step into that level of trust and faith. I could never make that decision by myself. And that is probably true. But when the Holy Spirit is empowering us, when the gospel is guiding us, all of that stuff is now possible by faith. And I'm wondering if you would call us to faith, Lord. Even today, some for the very first time, some returning, and some choosing faith again today. 
one of the ways that we want to help you choose faith is through prayer. And so we have uh, a team of people, these are prayer leaders, that um, they're going to be available in just a moment to pray with you about anything. And so what's going to happen is the band is going to lead us in one more song. And as they do, um, these prayer leaders are going to be available to pray with you about any area of your life at all. All right? It's a step of faith to even get up out of your seat and go to pray with them. I get that. I understand it. But you don't have to be embarrassed, right? You don't have to be worried. You don't have to be ashamed. Nothing like that. Because the likelihood is no one's going to notice you going forward or to the back or, or anything like that. Will everybody else just be worshiping? But if you want to receive prayer, we're going to be available for that. So I'm going to ask those prayer leaders, uh, if they'll actually start moving now to the four corners of the room. We'll have two at the front. We'll have two at the back as well. And they'll be available to pray about anything at all. And so here's what I want to ask uh, here in the house, if you're joining us, everybody here will stand with me to prepare for worship. And as you stand, I want to pray for you and invite you to come and pray as well if God is empowering you to do that. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw absolutely every single person who wants prayer, needs prayer, by your Holy Spirit, right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 909 or 1111. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.